of the living feet. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We are going to talk about the David Tennant adventure, Tooth and Claw. But before I do that, I would like to introduce my good friend and time travel buddy, Taylor. Taylor, how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. Uh, Since we last recorded, I... Uh, my next project car. Yeah, I saw that. Um, please tell me more about this car because I really know absolutely nothing about cars. It. <laughs> they have wheels and oh. you steer it with a wheel. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> it is a 1987 Nissan 300ZX. That's it's a, a two plus two model. Oh. So it's actually a four seater, but the two back seats are really small. So it's like, huh? Yeah. What do you plan anyway, to do to this car? Well, commute in it and get it in. It's actually in pretty good running order, but continue to keep it. So when I looked for getting a project car, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go aftermarket wheels. I'll probably lower it a little bit. I'll do a little bit of, you know, mild customization to it. This car is actually so nice. It's not perfect by any means, but it, I'm able to trace it back to the dealership from which it was sold. Wow. That's Um, awesome. yeah, it's it's pretty impressive to to be able to do that over a car that's uh, almost 30 years old. When I went up, I actually went up a week ago, last Tuesday night, to go and see it. Liked it, paid for it, but I was the only one there, so I had no way of getting it home unless I towed it. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so Kobe and I ran up and picked it up actually Thursday evening, just how family schedule is working out and everything. Um, but when I got up there and I saw that it still had the uh, very 1980s option California Sunset uh, license plates oh. on it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this this, this is it. I'm a sucker <laughs> for this thing. Um, so not, not, only, not only has it always been a California car, it's always been a Northern California car. Actually, it's always been an East Bay car. It was sold in Dublin, first owned in San Ramon, then lived in Brentwood, and now it's down here in Livermore. So it's literally lived in two separate counties over the course of 30 years. That's crazy. It is. That's... It totally wow. is. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you can yeah. you can go back and find that stuff out. Yeah, I love that kind of research. I love knowing the history of stuff like that. It's, I, I kind of geek out on that probably a little bit more than I should. <laughs> I do quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've on, honestly, I've only commuted in it three days at this point, but the air blows cold, all the gauges, if nothing else, they at least seem to be reading consistently. So that's good. I'm not going to worry too much about it, but there's a pretty big crack in the wind, in the front windshield that I'm getting replaced next week. And yeah, I just want to get into a mechanic and just, just get it a general checkup just so I know, you know, what repairs are coming and what what's fine and what's about to explode or whatever. <laughs> this I'm is about to explode. You should probably get it replaced. 
that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I would say that about most cars. And and folks, if you're listening and you're on Instagram, yeah, go find me Apex Buddha on Instagram, and you'll see lots of lots of pictures of it already. Well, we'll throw that in the show notes as well. Actually, okay. I don't know. I don't know if I've thrown an Instagram in the. Oh, you know what? I just realized uh, we, or at least I'm sorry, I have not done any reaction videos. In oh, a while. No, that's true. Yeah, I did get I did get a couple out for this one. I I feel like my my reaction video game was a little shaky there. It's been a while since I've done one. Well, we'll get back better. We'll get back into it for sure. So for sure. So how are you? I I'm doing pretty well. I just got back from uh, San Diego um, early this morning after some tire trouble, but we got it all fixed. It was a very fun trip. Uh, my cousin is Good. actually a cameraman for SNY and Fox and right now as we're recording this he is at Petco Park filming the All-Star game for Fox so oh, right on yeah we went and uh, visited them down there and visited some other family and uh, went I went to the San Diego Zoo yes oh this is the first time I get to talk about it Taylor have you been to the San Diego Zoo I have never been at the San Diego Zoo I've been to San Diego once in my life oh. I have not been at if if you can somehow figure a way to to get everyone to the San Diego Zoo, you will not regret it. It is huge. It is the most gigantic zoo ever. I want to go back like now. Um, <laughs> it's super cool. It's like a giant maze, but it's awesome. We saw uh, they have giant pandas there, and they're the only ones uh, west of the Mississippi, I believe is what they said. Yeah, and we got to see them during feeding time, and it was it was uh, it was really cool. Just just, and they're not even done; they're still remodeling like an entire section. It is basically like the Disneyland of zoos. Well, that makes sense, being as close to Disneyland as they are. Yes, uh, fantastic zoo. I wish we'd stayed during night awesome. though, because they have apparently they have like night stuff going on there. Because this wow. is their a uh, hundred years is bicentennial, right? No, no. Centennial is 100 years. Centennial. Centennial is 200. Okay. So this is their centennial year. Cool. Yeah, their 100th year. I got a cool little pin for my messenger bag. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I did this weekend. A lot of driving, a lot of sleeping, or actually not a lot of slow oh boy. I'm still a little loopy. <laughs> we got home at like 3.30 in the morning, and Jeez. I was supposed to go to work today, and I did not. I said no. <laughs> that's probably a wise thing yeah i spent most of my day sleeping so that was pretty good so Excellent. before we get to tooth and claw uh, we have some who news we do shall i dive in uh, our first one here is a shout out to at who sfx so that is all you sir that is all me and that actually all just happened today because um uh, folks, if you are on the Twitters and you uh, don't follow who SFX, so special effects, do because it is a great account. And, and typically once a week they take an episode and um, they just they post like tidbits and behind the scenes photos and um, a lot of really neat information about the show. I started following them a while ago. And then saw today that they had planned to actually do Tooth and Claw, coincidentally. But life had gotten kind of busy for the guy who, who runs that account, and he had pushed it off a week. So I had uh, retweeted and was like, oh, but hey, 
we're going to review it on our podcast. So I kind of took their misfortune, sorry, <laughs> and turned it into an advertisement for us. But they liked it. They're following me now. And um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to them to say thanks and encourage people to check out their account because it really is cool. Yeah, it's a very sweet account. And uh, hey, timing is everything. So Right? <laughs> Uh, it looks like Alex Kingston will be a part of the Gilmore Girls revival on Netflix. So River Song going uh-huh. back to I ha- I uh, Taylor. I've never watched Gilmore Star Girls. Apollo. I've okay. I've watched a lot of it. I really have. Um, mostly because my wife was into it, and she would either buy the DVDs or read Netflix or something. And yeah. You know, hey, hanging out with the wife, it's like, all right. And then I was like, okay, this is pretty funny. This is pretty well written. And now that it's coming back, and apparently Alex Kingston is going to play a rather eccentric character. That's literally like all the detail that I've seen about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I might, I might want to check that out. I mean, I, I playing a, a goofy character in a equally goofy town that could just that'd be fun. Uh, I know my mom is a huge fan of the Gilmore Girls, and I. I think my sister is as well. Um, they both really, really enjoy that show. So um, I'm still trying to get them to watch Doctor Who. It's It's been a long, long road, but we'll see. Yeah, see if they'll trade. Be like, all right, fine, I'll watch some Gilmore Girls if you, if you try Doctor Who. It's hard, man. I could I could do an entire podcast about trying to get my parents to watch Doctor Who, but uh, I will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that should be a podcast where I sit my parents down and go, all right, listen, I have something to tell you. We need to talk about Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> that would be funny. Doctor Who. It's yes. yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, according to the Doctor Who fan show, season 10 will mostly be one-parters. And to that, I say, well, you know what? Actually, I don't know what I say because last season was pretty good. Yeah. Dare I say one of the best since the reboot. That's what I've been saying. And it was all uh, mostly two-parters. Pretty much, you know, but I... I... I, I think a bunch of one-parters will be fine. I mean, clearly it's that's worked for the show for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm not too worried about. It. They had a they had a video. It's like, hey, everything everything we know about season ten so far, and that was the one tidbit I pulled away from it that we actually hadn't already talked about, or was, oh look, he's got a different coat, and what color is it? <laughs> oh yeah, I just saw this this coat today. Did you see this yeah. coat? It's like longer and the in is it in the seam i don't know the inside of the coat is like a blue velvet color yes yes it is um yeah. it looks pretty cool, cool. yeah he's I had actually, a lot I of really kind of changes. liked it i don't know i mean i like the the fact that we've got a doctor who is actually changing his clothes quite a bit yeah i'm one outfit all the time yes i i think i think it's pretty good i i like that we're kind of sticking with the same kind of i guess it would be more like if tenet he wore the three-piece suit, but it was, like, different designs each time. So we're, yeah. we're kind of sticking to a central idea, it looks like, without going mm-hmm. too far away from the original idea, which I, I'm fine with, with him wearing different stuff. I mean, it's I'm not outraged. No, somebody probably is somewhere, but it's, it's not us. We are not outraged. But if you are outraged, that's perfectly fine. Everyone is that's welcome to opinions. <laughs> So this is this is new. I didn't see this. Um, you have news in quotes. There's apparently news that Matt Smith yeah. wants back onto Who, um, but then it, you say it's a load of bunk. Yeah, I I, I do because I've looked at 
um, a few articles uh, that talk about this, and and frankly, it's just a bunch of clickbait crap. Um, I think at one point, um, both Moffat and Matt Smith have mentioned that Matt Smith, hey, that was a good role. I kind of miss it. That really, <laughs> that's the crux of it. That's it. Hey, that was a good time. If there was a chance to be back on the show, that'd be great. And obviously, they do that sometimes. You know, oh. we, we had the Day of the Doctor. We yeah. had the five Doctors. We had the three Doctors. We've had any number of odd-numbered Doctors, apparently. <laughs> um, we never did have the seven Doctors. That would have been fun. Oh, that would have been fun. But that literally is it. But British tabloids, being what they are, and then other, you know, sites and stuff picking up this this story, this idea, have now blown it into, oh, Matt Smith wants back on the show and, you know, um, we'll make up something about Capaldi not being happy and wanting to leave. And the, the doctor's going to degenerate back into 11. We're going to go backward. And it's, like, it's a load of crap. Yeah. So that is why news is in quotes. And that's why I call it bunk. Because it is. <laughs> Fair enough. Because, it, yeah. I think it's too soon for him to come back. Then again, I, I honestly don't know what Matt Smith's doing right now. I, well, it, obviously not another Terminator movie, I'll tell you that Oh, much. boy. That was such a... I saw that movie only be Well, I saw it because, because of Emile Clark, uh, but I also saw it because he was in it, and I was excited, and he was in it for literally, like, five minutes. Yep. Spoiler alert if you were, you know, clamoring to see that new Terminator movie. <sighs> well, yeah, Taylor... I've, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Did <laughs> you ahead, Did no, you see that movie? Yeah. No, I'm I'm not a fan of the Terminator films uh, uh, at all. I think maybe I was exposed to them at too young an age, uh, and okay. the violence just turns me off way uh, too much, way too much. Fair, fair enough. Uh, we actually got some feedback. Look at us we did. on the I up know. and ups, and um, uh, yeah, we pretty we, exciting, pretty exciting shall I, shall indeed. I dive into it? Yeah, yeah, let's dive into it. Okay, okay, so. Um, uh, listener Daniel Martinez, who goes by at Electric Mastro 5 on Twitter, um, he listened to our review of Hellbent and felt moved enough to send us some feedback, which we totally welcome. Uh, so here it is. Let me, I'm going to read it. And I was pretty impressed because he actually like put it into an image file and then posted that because I think to tweet this probably would have taken 10 or 12 tweets. Yeah, it would have. It was It was pretty impressive. So he says... Hey guys, just listen to the Hellbent podcast. Though I know that was months ago and you guys might have changed your views since then, I felt compelled to send a message in a respectfully honest manner. When I heard, if you have negative stuff to say, stop watching, I suddenly felt that my opinion was worthless because I still hold a low opinion of Series 9 and especially Hellbent, even after rewatching to see if I changed my mind. So I felt that I wasn't worthwhile listening to just because I have a negative opinion of Series 9. Even though I don't exactly understand why people praise Series 9, especially Hellbent, as highly as they do, I won't behave as if people have less validity just because they have the opposite opinion as me. I'm glad you guys were able to enjoy the episode far more than I ever could. I was actually enjoying some parts of the series until Hellbent came along and polarized me to the point of leaving a bad taste in my mouth. I know you guys probably weren't talking about all people being negative, but I still feel compelled to tell you guys to have more of an open mind when it comes to opposing opinions. Whatever the case, I hope you guys take care. So first, Daniel, 
thank you. Thank you for being probably the first person to really reach out and give us some feedback on the show, or to at least be someone we didn't already know beforehand to give us feedback. And let me say it very clearly right here. Whatever your opinion of an episode or of our show, we want to hear from you. So please always feel free to reach out, whether you agree with us or not. Now, I completely re-listened to our review of Hellbent because I wanted to be sure of what I remembered saying. And it was me who expressed the sentiment. But I both think it was taken a little out of context and that I could have phrased it better. John, I think you'd probably say I was having a bit of a shoot when I made that comment. (laughs) You turned a work into a shoot. I did. And I won't lie. I was having a very strong reaction to people who just appear to come onto Twitter or Facebook or wherever simply to troll the show and the fans. Yeah. Uh, people who, as it appears to me, just having nothing good to say. And I, and I can't help but wonder why anyone is clearly hating on something, not just being critical or expressing a negative opinion about something, because we do that plenty. I almost think we do that too much sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but people who are legitimately hating on it, I personally have no idea why those people continue consuming the content that they're hating on so vehemently. Like, why subject yourself constantly to something you don't like? I don't get it. (laughs) So, Daniel, your opinion has worth, and I appreciate you expressing it to us. At the same time, I'm no one important. I shouldn't be able to make you feel worthless. I'm certainly sorry if I did, but but I want you to be sure of your feelings about Series of Nine. I may not agree with them, but I'll always respect them as I will for anyone who can make an argument and support it with points. So just to clarify, I didn't say that if anyone felt negative about the show, they should stop watching. I did say that anyone who is just vitriolic in their response to the show probably shouldn't watch. And I probably should have said that I don't understand why those people keep watching. I've been watching Doctor Who for 30 years now and still stand by my feelings that Series 9 was definitely the most consistently best of New Who. If you don't feel that way, listeners... That's fine. I still love you. Though, John, I do sometimes worry that we are often a little too alike in how much we like our who. Um, yeah, I think we are sometimes. But, I mean, if I, I'm i not going to play devil's advocate if I, you know, if mm-hmm. I like something. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. I just I realize a lot of times it's like, I like this. I like this, too. And I'm like, how interesting is that to listeners? But anyway. <laughs> I think we, I think. <laughs> If anything, people come for the the theories and other so. randomness that happens. Now, Taylor, you did there... say you did say one thing, and I think the doctor would himself would disagree with you when uh, you that? said that you were nobody important. Oh, yeah, he probably disagree with that. I I just I'm like, look, I'm a guy on a podcast, and I'm just talking about things, and and yeah. and I I don't feel like I have enough weight. For somebody to be like, oh, this guy that I'm listening to says this, and so I feel like I can't have my feelings and my opinions. Ah, dude, I'm nobody. Have your feelings. Have your opinions. But, Daniel, I want to say thank you again for your feedback. It's given us a chance to reflect and clarify. Um, I figure if you felt that way, perhaps others did too. And I hope you keep listening to our show. But, hey, I totally respect your decision if you choose not to. I I think the funniest part about this was when I was reading it, I when he said what we said, I was like, well, that was me. Definitely. (laughs) Right. Yes. I remember you tweeted right away. I'm like, no, actually, that was that was me who said that, (laughs) which I think was the most shocking part to me. (laughs) I was like, what? You know, 
<laughs> if anybody goes back and, and after hearing me talk about it now and listens to that episode, I really, I really went on a bit of a rant. I went on a shoot, no doubt, <laughs> um, about those people who I really don't understand why they here i'm saying it clearly now why i don't understand why they keep watching this show if they just espouse just such a, a very clear hatred negative opinions critical comments that's great that's 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 what we all should be having we should be critical thinkers and all of that but people who are just you know this far down the road just randomly saying stuff that just seems like it's just trying to piss off other viewers yeah why are you bothering? Go go pick a new show. Go find something you like. Yes. There's always we need more things in our lives that we like. There are always different flavors of ice cream. There are. <laughs> there absolutely are. There's a couple of really good ones in my freezer that I hope to have later. Now that I've said that, yes, I think after this, um I'm probably gonna head ice to the store. Indeed. All right. So let us get to our main event. We watched Tooth and Claw, starring David Tennant as the Doctor, Billy Piper as Rose, Pauline Collins as Queen Victoria, Ian Hanmore as Father Angelo. It was written by Russell T. Davies and directed by Euros Lynn. That's as close as it's going to get, people. No, I think you got it. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, And it first aired April 22nd, 2006, 10 years (laughs) ago. And don't we suddenly feel old. Yes, we do. So uh, we have some story notes here. I'm going to, um, you know what, and this is a side note, I guess, for people that have been listening to it for a while. I actually went back and listened to one of our older episodes. I listened to um, our um, Sleep No More episode. Oh, wow. And um, I realized that I usually read some of the story notes, so I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. Go right ahead. So during the read-through for this story, David Tennant's parents were visiting and were asked to read the parts of Lady Isabel and Captain Reynolds. Oh, that's it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and and it turns out, I, I guess David Tennant tells the story that they were actually kind of upset, I think jokingly upset, that, that afterwards they didn't get the parts for it. <laughs> that's great. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor uses James McCrimmon... As his alias in the story, um, I'm not sure who James McCrimmon is. Am I supposed to know who that is? Uh, seriously? Yeah. Seriously. Like your probably favorite old Who companion? Oh, geez. Jamie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> not a lot of sleep. Okay. I'll that's slide. That's great. And I don't know how I didn't catch that in while I, I was watching. I didn't either. <laughs> That's amazing. A crouching tiger hidden dragon served as inspiration for the fight style of the monks. We will get to the monks in a moment. This story introduces the creation of Torchwood and the Torchwood Institute, named for the house at which all of these events take place. But Torchwood is also an anagram for Doctor Who, which for some reason still blows my mind, and I don't know why. <laughs> nice. And Taylor, as always... You have a world-famous, award-winning, in my heart, synopsis. Oh. Take it away. Well, okie doke. I'm, I, will, I will take any awards and accolades for that I, will, <laughs> I can get. Um, so on their way to a concert in 1979, the Doctor and Rose miss it by that much and find themselves in Scotland with Queen Victoria, the Wolf Tang Clan, and a nice <laughs> little supernatural twist. Oh, 
puns. Do you like that? Because they're they're warrior monks. <laughs> yes, the Shaolin monks. Uh, yeah. So I believe my first note here is: This the craziest assass- assassination attempt of all time? It's probably pretty close to it. <laughs> Mine is meanwhile in windy Scotland. Yes. So so we're we're at Torch well, we don't know it's Torchwood Manor or Torchwood House as they call it. Yeah. And right. the um the vulture from Marvel's Spider Man uh shows up at this at Torchwood and he shows up with all these it's just there's ninja monks. There's ninja monks, then there's orange is the new black ninja monks and the fighting style, it was very Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, I was actually kind of taken aback by it. I was like, I don't know how many choreographed fight scenes I see in Doctor Who. You know what? And this, for me, this opening scene with the the, the monks and them, you know, fighting down the, the local guys working at the house. <laughs> um, this, for me, was probably 75% of the reason I chose Tooth and Claw, because it's just such a guilty pleasure <laughs> episode for me. When I, I mean, Doctor Who does often try to pull off new things, speaking of sleep no more. Uh, um, yes. And, and sometimes they do it really well, other times not so much. Luck of the draw, I guess. Um, yeah. As I remember originally watching this episode there wasn't any um build up beforehand of like oh we're gonna try something different in this intro because never before have you had something that is very kind of this um again had crouching tiger hidden dragon kind of the hong kong wire yeah uh, fighting style um and all of that so there there wasn't any hint that it was there so when i watched it for the first time I mean, it it was jaw on the floor, like giddy laughing because of like, oh, this is 19th century Scotland, but these guys are like flying through the air. <laughs> we get the super slow-mo thing. And I'm like, I, I love this. This is done so well. And unfortunately, this is the only time we get a fighting style like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they again, don't fight like that throughout the entire surprise. thing. Right? That's it. It's like a now, little three minute or not even three minutes, like a minute and a half thing it is it's 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 actually it's really short um but i enjoy it so much and i have to wonder if maybe they hadn't played up the whole oh we're gonna try a different way of storytelling for sleep no more if it would have come across different if they had just said this is this is the thing it's this is the name of the episode episode. that's it yep Uh Uh i don't i don't know if it would have come across i still think it I don't know. That episode is so bad. <laughs> oh, I I still think it would have struggled, but I'm wondering if that maybe has has colored our perception of it. If it had, oh, been... we're trying something different. Which is like, okay, yeah. found footage was done with like the freaking Blair Witch Project like ages ago. This is nothing new. Yeah, I see. So, what, yeah, I see. Where you're coming I, I, from. I don't know. No, that makes sense. Um, if they had not hyped it up as much, if we would have had a better reaction as fans. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. I don't know, it just popped into my head. But how often do we get a scream leading into the intro? I feel like that actually happens quite a lot. Uh, Screaming intro, screaming. I think we need to, well, I'm sure someone has done research. This is at least, I want to say, two to three for us in recent memory. Yeah. 
Um, this is almost reminiscent of, and um, this is a, I mentioned the show on multiple shows here on NOTLG. This is almost like a supernatural cold, cold open where um, someone screams and then there's either a shot of a different person getting like a bucket of blood like <laughs> sprayed on them or like the background. There's just always blood splatter to open. There's actually a super cut somewhere. Oh my god! Um, it's pretty funny and disturbing, but yeah, it's almost very reminiscent of that. A lot of screaming intros, that is for sure. I have that written down too. Yes, I saw that. And Taylor, what's in the box? I know. <laughs> so they, these ninja monks, they basically beat up these poor old men who just have like old old guns that they shoot and then immediately need to reload you don't have to reload a bow staff no or your fists or your fists <laughs> Watch me re- chick, chick, pow. that's right <laughs> reload my fist and uh they basically lock all all or almost everybody in the basement with this box that is somehow uncovered and then we get the screaming woman and then we go to the theme. Indeed we do. And then we're hanging out with Rose and the doctor and they're talking about going to 1979. And they're just having... It's funny because like at the end of the episode, the queen, she makes a comment about how they just kind of gallivant about and they're all like, oh, this is so crazy. And she's just like severely frightened about what's going on. And that kind of shows in the beginning of the episode where they're like, where should we go? I don't know. And then they they're traveling in the TARDIS and they both fall over and they're on the ground just like just like laughing. Exactly. Yeah. No, that that that's perfect uh, juxtaposition. Uh, between the beginning of the story and the end because you don't really think about it again until you go back and watch it. And it, now that I've said it out loud, I'm thinking of the other parts, um, and I'll, I will will mention them. There are parts throughout this episode where it's just like, it's it's almost kind of out of character. Like, we're in a crisis situation, and you guys are like, did you see that? I know. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah, there is. and and I And I feel like some of season two where you know you've got the doctor and rose traveling together you get this kind of i don't know that that kind of almost you know one step removed where it's like you're in the situation but you're also looking at the situation and going oh my god i can't believe this is happening this is kind of crazy oh wait that's about to kill me i better run yes (laughs) uh we got a shout out i feel like oh go ahead I was just going to say, I feel like the episode starts out and and Ten's hair is actually so calm. I'm used to it being a bit more. Yeah. Poofed. I'm like, oh, this must be early Ten's hair. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was it. It wasn't all crazy Tenet like it was just kind of chilling. I remember noticing that when he went into the hallway to see the uh, werewolf when he was hanging yes. out there and he was just kind of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to mm-hmm. that as well. They land. Yes. They arrive. In 1879, we uh, get the Whoops. the ongoing gag of the TARDIS never really gets you to where, or the Doctor really never gets you to where you want to go. Yeah, um, but the TARDIS gets you to need to be. Yes, which we found out later, much later. I did love the oot and a boot. <laughs> oh, yes. And how that, he was just that, so upset about it. That whole scene. I mean, that that's that's just brilliance right there. I mean, we get to hear David Tennant's natural accent, 
we get to hear Rose do a very poor Scottish accent, <laughs> and we get what I think is the beginning of because I, I know he does it quite a few times over the course of his tenure. That no, 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 don't do that. Yes. No, really, no, no, don't. <laughs> which is and he does it so well and uh, rose is apparently uh nude basically yes, according to everyone child. the feral child yes yeah. <laughs> um so they and they head up to uh torchwood to the torchwood house yep and we have another box so what what are what are in all of these boxes it's driving me things. crazy. It, I, dude, it's your catchphrase. <laughs> it's you, you. You are doomed to have to wonder what is in these boxes, John. Man, oh well, oh well. But can I? I, I, I love, I love that they set the bet to try and get Queen Victoria to say she's not amused. Yes, because it leads to a lot of them being like eh, eh, jabby in the ribs. <laughs> Did you hear that? You, oh, 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 almost made her do it. Oh, yes, and, um, and thus is also to their nature that she is not happy about at the end of the episode. Right. This is this is all part of their their gallivanting. Yes. But John, did you did you notice? I have to ask, and I'm sorry if I interrupted, but did you notice in terms of the background music a rather obnoxious alarm bell? You know what? This is funny that you asked this because uh, I had. <sighs> Just another cross-promotion plug on Tornado Tag Radio. We watch a show called uh, NXT, and they had just remixed their theme song, and it has this weird, weird sound in the background. And I thought I was going crazy because I usually will notice when something in, in a song changes. And I can tell you right now, I did not notice it. Really? Yes, but what I can tell you I did notice is I thought the music choice when she goes to change into uh, different clothes because she's naked or whatever. Right. I thought that music choice was strange because it was half, it was half like, it was very upbeat, but people were being like drugged and carried away. And then she was trying on like clothes or like just holding up clothes. It was just so strange for such upbeat music to be going on when people are being drugged and like carried away or just left there. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying because I know, I know what part that was because the, uh, the monks who were now posing as uh, servants at Torchwood house yes. were making the, you know, super sleepy time tea. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and giving it to the queen's guards. Um, and yeah, they were cutting back and forth with that without changing the music. So yes, I can see why that seems strange. Although I don't remember the sound of the music uh, off the top of my head. I just but remember of, it was very upbeat. That's basically interesting. Yeah, for some reason, a lot of I think it happened mostly in the first and second season. I don't remember it so much in the third. So there would be you know something to kind of build the tension, and and the music would swell, but there would also be this alarm bell in the background. And I swear to God, it happens like six times in this episode. So you, I figure you can either make a drinking game out of it, which is probably the better choice, or pull your flipping hair out because it was driving <laughs> me. It, it just everything else. It's one of those you know scenes where everything else goes quiet and you hear the one thing, and like all I could hear was that freaking alarm bell, and it just kept pissing me off every time. Wow. Oh yeah. I Go can't believe and, I didn't hear this. I can't believe you didn't hear it either. I felt like that's the only thing I could hear. Yeesh. Yeah. 
so the uh, basically Rose is to change because she's going to go eat dinner with the queen and a couple of other people because they want to hear about this story because the captain Oh, not, yes. Not the captain, I'm sorry. The um the um Lady Isabel's husband. Yes, basically he seems to uh, be in charge of the manor basically. Yeah. Because it's been I, ha- I believe it's been handed name. down, right? From his father. Uh, from and... his father. Yeah. Yes. And he starts to tell the story about um this wolf and the he's interrupted by um Butler Vulture and <laughs> who, who I think looks a lot like Peter Garrett lead singer of Midnight Oil. Yes, yes, he does. Anybody? Anybody? No, that's yes. He okay. yes, he he could there. He has two jobs, the movie about Midnight Oil and playing the vulture at some point. Yep, there you go. And he kind of cuts them off and that's when they go to change and that's when they kind of Oh, oh, we forgot to mention about the maid in the closet. Oh, that's right cuz who who doesn't have a maid in the closet, right? It's right? true. I have okay, four. Oh. Oh my. Yeah, I know. It's a problem. Anyway, so the the maid basically tells Rose what's going, uh, kind of vaguely tells her what's going on, but they both get captured and brought into the basement. Yeah. And that's when we see, and we're starting to get the background of the story where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's these monks travel around with that person in the in the box, but it originally was an alien. And they would, yes. they would, I guess it would inhabit like a ten-year-old. Is that so that that part? I don't remember as much, and we don't find out much of that story until the very, very end. Right, like they would go from like town to town, and when the the entity would or the body that it took was like too old, that it would take like the body of like a young boy, right, as a sacrifice. Yeah. Oh, and this dude's eyes are all black. <laughs> right, which again, obligatory West Borland reference. Yes, yes, definitely. And I think um, Rose starts to figure it out. She starts talking to the wolf guy who is not a wolf yet. So spoiler. Um, yeah, right. And this is when we get our bad wolf reference. That's right. And see, I got I got this one. I mean, this one. He was basically he might as well just said bad wolf. Uh, right. But he right. says something about the wolf, the wolf, like the wolf's in you, and he talks about the fire burning like eternal or something mm-hmm. like that. So referencing when yeah. she got all bad wolfed, and <laughs> we can make that a verb, right? Yes. Then we they open the the doors, and the dude starts turning into a werewolf, and Rose, uh, probably seeing many a werewolf movie, knows that the. We probably shouldn't just watch in terror. We should probably do something. Totally. And speaking of do something, I, I've got to give Rose points because in two separate instances in this episode, she, she, I feel like now coming back to these stories, I know that Rose has not always been my favorite companion, but I feel like in this episode, both when she's talking with uh, the maid in the closet, because uh, that's just what I'm going to call her from now on, and and with Wolfie Boy here, that that she her faith in the Doctor is so strong. She's like basically is like it doesn't matter what's wrong. I've got a friend who can help. We can help you. Yes, yeah. She's very and points to her for for you know being like, hey, we're going to help in this situation. We'll we'll make things better. That I like. 
yeah, she she tends to do that from I feel like maybe she does that a little more than I feel like the only person that might do that more than her is probably Donna. I could see that. In my head I'd, right I'd have now. To go back and watch some Donna episodes, but yeah, I could see that. Did we skip completely over well, I guess this would be no. Did we skip completely over? Have we never done a a Martha episode? Kind of feel uh, bad. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think we have just yet. You know what? I don't think you and I have. I think there was that one time where I did those. No, I think that was still Rose because I don't think Martha did the. She wasn't in that two parter where we meet the devil, right? No. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think we've ever seen Martha in oh, this we show. Have to fix that. Well, anyway, <laughs> so we kind of get this story. We're getting the story a little bit, and um, Vulture guy is he's looking out the window, and of course he's chanting. So something's up with him. Oh, 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 wait, wait! I know what he's chanting. Oh, you do? I do. My high school Latin classes finally paid off. Well, do tell. He's saying lupus Deus. Est, which is Latin for the wolf is God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Take that high school Latin class. <laughs> wow. A high school Latin class. Yeah, it was Bellarmine. It was Catholic school. And uh, I swear my parents told me that Latin was easy. And they're like, we never told you that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you did. I would have taken Spanish. That's at least a language I can use. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, two years of Latin. And then I. I I almost effectively flunked out of it. It was oh. a D, the very. It was bad. Oh well, it you know why it worked today. It worked today, and it's it's there. You go four semesters is paid off right there. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, right. So the... I love I, I love Ten's sense of wonder when when <laughs> when, when Wolfie Boy is totally transformed, and he's just like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh yeah, this is one thing with Tenet. We always get this with Tenet too. Is he always stops we'd... to smell the burning roses? <laughs> oh dear. Hopefully not Rose actually burning. That'd oh geez, I didn't even I wasn't even making that connection. <laughs> Leave it to me to do that. You know what I meant. I did know what you meant, but yes, he can look at the most vicious like disaster and and find some sort of sense and what sense of wonder in that and and that is actually one of the things i really love about 10 yes and it's just it's just but it, it at the same time it's like you should probably uh run yeah definitely queen i, I recommend a vigorous jog yes yes i love that. Um, I love that oh she actually does um she does murder that the vamp or i'm sorry the vulture butler Mm-hmm. Who does not seem to mind all that much because his rampage is beginning. Yep. Because we find out this has been like the sixth attempt on her life or something like that. Yeah, they've they've we find out they've been trying this for a while, and so now to have it finally coincide with the full moon and her passing through town or whatever. Yeah. Um. I did. I did enjoy. So there's that one part where they're they're running and they have all the men with the guns and they just kind of yes. unload into the werewolf and this one guy's like, "Well, that seemed like it worked," and <laughs> he's just like, "Tra la la," like walking along and um, the werewolf comes out of the ceiling somehow. I don't know how no one saw it go back up into the ceiling. 
I don't know. Um, prideful dude is dead. He is dead. He is he's being eaten, and I love he's being eaten, and you can hear hear the sounds. And uh, the doctor says, "There's nothing we can do." Yep. I'm like, much. really? Is there nothing we can do? He's he. We could save the half of him, I guess. Well, well. And uh, basically, let's, let, let's be honest. That that dude is the Scottish version of here. Hold my beer. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. He very much is. And um, <laughs> so we, everyone is just running around. And I, I want to make mention of. I thought Wolf View was kind of cool. Yes, not kind of like crazy. Oh, we only have the red lens, like last time. Yes, Wolf View was definitely a lot better than um, Crazy Apocalypse Bat View. Murder Dragon view. Murder Dragon. That's yes. Them. Yes. Definitely <laughs> way better than that. And I thought the CGI of the wolf was also pretty good. Yeah, I I, I liked it. Um, you know, it, it didn't seem. I mean, comparing it to the Murder Dragons from last time, um, I feel like they've made some improvements in in what body motion and the and the the, the you know the hair looking kind of natural. Yeah, and just the transfer everything everything about it looked very very good and I was um I was pretty I was pre- pleasantly surprised. And there you go. Um and eventually I think it winds up I think this whole chase winds up just coming down to what Captain Reynolds, the Queen um, and and Rose. Rose, yeah, Rose the doctor and and the dude from uh, uh the McLeish can't remember his first name for the life of me right now yeah and this, i know lady isabel who personally for me gets my swoon city this week oh uh, i'm a, yeah she's cute because <laughs> um, they they were all still off hiding in the basement or something at this point i think oh i think at this point didn't hadn't they oh no they they had gone up they had they had run away and they had gone to the i think it was the kitchen Yes, they were in the kitchen making like mistletoe tea or something. And they only realized this because the wolf came in mm-hmm. and left them alone. So they said they kind of figured right. out uh what's going on here? What's in here that the wolf wouldn't like? So and I think that's when I think they looked outside to see that the monks oh and the monks are surrounding the building and they just have guns and whenever somebody tries to come out they shoot them yeah and they're wearing like these yeah. giant mistletoe like reefs around their neck yeah basically the same way like the, like you know a, a a string of garlic will keep a vampire away this mistletoe to keep the wolf away yes definitely and um, i'm trying to i also think around this time because they've locked themselves in Oh, the, so the doorway scene when um, the wolf sees the doctor again and then kind of just charges at him and he's like, well, we should probably run. And that's when they barricade themselves in the library. Right. And yes, which has also got one of my favorite lines. Uh, I'm sorry. I laughed very hard at um, <laughs> this, this um, the Dr. Rose uh, scene, but the part of Rose is played by the werewolf. <laughs> When they're li- li- listening through the door, and we get oh, that split yeah. screenshot. Oh, you're you're making the Doomsday reference. Okay, I gotcha. Nice, <laughs> nice. I like it. But then I think that I think right after that is also the point where they, like, the Doctor realizes that not only are there like carvings of the mistletoe 
either just in the library or around the house, but doesn't he like lick the wall and go, oh my gosh, he's actually put the essence of mistletoe into the varnish. Yes. That they've used on the wood. Yes. He licks, yeah, he licks the wall. Doctor licking things, I swear. That's another one of those. I... (laughs) Where where he tastes the air and knows where he is kind of thing. But in this case, he licks the wall and knows the varnish had mistletoe in it. Yep, yep. And he starts putting together that uh, this guy's dad knew what was going on and kind of built it with the, not to keep the werewolf in, but to lure it there to destroy it. Yeah. And And we get we get this kind of like we got all the we got the greatest arsenal in the world. We got books and let's do research like it's Buffy or something. Yeah. So Uh, the the research like montage where everyone is talking at once. Yeah. I I was like, oh, geez, this is ridiculous. This is too much. Oh, it's fantastic. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I, and I think the only thing that would have made that montage better would be to actually set it to 80s montage music. I I would have been <laughs> completely fine with that. I, I think just as long as the, the 80s montage music isn't too loud for us not to hear them, like, just, ba- it was basically like, rubble, rubble, rubble. That's what it was. <laughs> them just all looking through different books and the doctor with his glasses. And... It's about this point we find out about the diamond uh, that the queen is carrying, and I believe it's the Koh-i-Noor diamond. I, at no point, really clearly caught the name, so okay, works for me. I think that's how you pronounce it. It is Persian for Mountain of Light, and let me tell you, that's a big mountain. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I swear... Rose is looking at it like, oh, could I put that on my finger, please? Basically, I think um, now it's somewhere in the uh, it's somewhere in in London in the or wherever they have. I, I've never been abroad. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's it's been because she mentioned she's going to take it somewhere to get it resized, basically. Right. She's going to yes. cut it down a little bit. Well, that it, it ends up on i think it ends up on a, the queen's crown which is on display somewhere now so if you want to go okay. take a look take a trip you can go see this diamond nice or what is left of it i guess yeah cuz i think i think queen victoria mentions at least once that her now late husband would often get it resized as it were, a little bit here, a little bit there. And it turns out that he's basically fine-tuning it to go into uh, the the big telescope ah, yes. that is at this house. And I, and I love the set dressing of the observatory. The whole set there is really just nicely done. Oh, I lo- every uh, set piece in this looked very great. I love the courtyard. I wish we could have seen more of the courtyard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I really enjoyed that. The library was pretty cool. And yeah, um, I get, the doctor starts piecing stuff together. And oh, as I love he, when an idea comes together in his head. And when he's piecing stuff together, uh, some dust yeah. falls from the ceiling. Oh, really? <laughs> and we look up, and on the skylight is our oh, werewolf. Yes, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And I howled with laughter. Howled, huh? Yeah, I did. And he's like, hey, guys, can I, I got to, I want to eat you guys. Can I come in, please? (laughs) And he falls. Oh, go ahead. 
he's so calm. Yeah, basically, he because he knows he's got them right where he wants them. And I love that it kind of took some time to barricade the door, but it took no time at all to get all the stuff out of the way. You know, I'm sorry, I'm going to interject here. I, I, I feel like there is one thing that this story does need a little bit more of because he is such a ravenous wolf. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it needs more Duran Duran. Uh, yeah, how are there no Duran Duran references? Not a single one. And... They could have. They could have at the beginning of the episode instead of going to see Ian Drury and the Blockheads. They could have been like, "Oh, let's go see Duran Duran." Yeah, it was, per- and, and had a wolf story. It was perfect uh, around the time too, right? It was the late seventies they were trying to go to. Uh, it was the late seventies they were trying to go to. I th- ooh, I'm trying to remember if Duran Duran had formed then. Definitely early eighties you know, mid eighties and all throughout that. So, I mean, they could have just changed up the year a little bit and had it fit perfectly. I'm going to look up when Duran Duran formed. Okay. 1978, they were formed, Duran Duran. Oh, no kidding. Oh, there you go. They could have been off to see one of their first live shows. It would have fit perfectly. Didn't release an album until 81, but yeah, it would have fit. It would have fit pretty. They could have been testing out songs. Sure. Yeah, you never know. Maybe that it could have been one of Rose's favorite bands. There you go. And yeah, oh well. <laughs> so we're thinking of buying some time here. We're got to find some rope because they've tied themselves uh, in with the megascope. That thing is gigantic. It is. It really is. And uh, he says, "I'm going to buy you some time." And I found it kind of odd that the doctor didn't say, "No, we'll find another way." Yeah, he lets him go. He just kind of lets him go, and. I almost feel like when he gives his little speech about how I committed treason and now my wife will remember me in a better light. I mm-hmm. guess that's kind of two and two together. The doctor puts that together, but I feel like we could have found some rope. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough because I, I agree. I think there there certainly could have been uh, elements of the story to uh, not sacrifice him basically yeah to do that but i don't know that it would have set up that same uh feeling and that same emotion at the end of the episode where queen victoria is talking to lady isabel about kind of honoring uh his sacrifice and 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 starting basically starting torchwood yeah so as a result of that i don't know that that would have had the same impact had he still been alive i don't know maybe I you know what I don't think it would have because we get like throughout this then it probably wouldn't have been a setting off point to be like these people are not from this world but they think it's hilarious whatever's happening like just yeah romping through whatever place they you know they go to and laughing about it and then leaving <laughs> so basically they use the proton pack and he becomes werewolf Jesus that's what I took away from the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> no is it just me that, yes no no that's that is not just you that just do you the think proton pack do you think that's there. written in the script and then he's elevated in the air like jesus it almost wouldn't surprise me because between that you know all of that and then he's like oh make it a little bit brighter you know basically like you know kill me be done with me yeah, it, it were. yeah, it's just um, um, it's all it's 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 very ethereal. I think it's the word that I try to find. Yeah, just um, 
Yeah, and the the queen she mentioned something I can't remember if it's before this or if it's after this towards the end where she says this is not my world kind of she she says something along that line like this is not I don't understand what's happening and yeah she basically watches a giant laser beam powered by something she's had in her possession for a while shoot a man who turned into a wolf and it raises him off the ground. He turns back into a into a man, and then disintegrates, but howls before he dies. Uh, I'd be a little freaked out, and I'd probably want to uh, have the Torchwood house turned into the Torchwood Initiative too. Yeah, I when you when you lay it out that way, I totally get why she would do that because yeah, that'd be kind of freaky. And we get a little, apparently she has been scratched or bitten. Yeah, we get that little bit of uncertainty. I love that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and the the, ro- uh, the Rose, the Doctor and Rose get, get knighted. And the Doctor is now yes, Sir, Ta- Sir Doctor of TARDIS. <laughs> Which is so Russell T. Davies, I think. Yeah. And she banishes them. She says, I've rewarded yep. you, and now uh, GTFO, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Congratulations. Now, sought off, you guys. Basically, and she uh, tells them to leave. Yeah, exactly. And they, they're like, all right, whatever. And they leave, and they start talking about how um, she has uh, hemophilia. She's a hemophiliac, uh-huh. and how... It, her mother didn't have it, and her father didn't have it. Nobody before her and her family had it, so it was very strange. Yeah, and it's apparently hereditary. Yes, So, and, but she passed it down generation to generation, so they, have, they assume that basically we're royal werewolves are everywhere. Yes, exactly. And, and I have a, a good laugh at yes. whoever is... Uh, popular these days and i i that's one thing i always really like about doctor who is where they take things that don't really make sense about history and they <laughs> just throw the doctor in there somehow <laughs> exactly They're like, like they, we're gonna give this a reason and it's gonna be the doctor yes but like basically with the um i think it was the shakespeare code with his missing his missing work oh yes right which yeah. That is a Martha Jones episode that we should probably watch that, at some point. That is. I, I agree. And that's a great episode, too. So we're off on our merry way, but we're back at the house. And the queen says, I think she. I think she's talking to the, the now widow. She says, what are you going to yeah. do? And she says, I think I'm going to sell the house. And she goes, nah, you ain't. So she's, she says, we're going to. There's there's some there's some crazy stuff going on out there. We need a place. We need like a headquarters and we need a an institute and we'll call it the Torchwood Institute after the house and it mm-hmm. will wherever there's unexplained basically it's like their X-Files. Wherever there's unexplained stuff, we'll send people and they'll figure out what to do with it and if the doctor comes back, he better he better watch himself cuz he'll get a talking to or something. I don't know. That's- I think uh, Queen Victoria raised her fist, shook it at the sky, and shouted, Come! We know Doctor! That's what she right? did, yes. I do or is that in it. my version? I like your version better. Oh, thanks. So that was Tooth and Claw. Pretty good episode. 
was a fun one. Yeah, always, always good to revisit the Tenet Rose years um, and Werewolf Jesus as well. <laughs> there is our alternate title. I've been trying to find one all episode. <laughs> Werewolf Jesus. I mean, did his arms need to be outstretched like that and his head need to be down? That was so weird. I don't know. It's, anyway. It's, yeah. <laughs> So, Taylor, next time on our tour through the doctors, we're going to uh, visit my favorite doctor of all time, as I've gone on record many a times, which uh, I'm kind of glad I got the the odds here. The odds are you lucked out in my favor. It is true. <laughs> all right. So next time we will be watching The God Complex, starring Matt Smith as the doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond, Arthur Darville as Roy Williams. It was directed by Nick Huron and written by Toby Whithouse. Nice. Fun episode. I, I think I have a, a theory that is, um, I, I know I'm going to have questions. We haven't had questions in a while. I know I have one question already in mind, and I am very excited to revisit this episode because it's kind of spooky and it makes you think a little bit about the doctor as a character in general excellent i kind of had a question for this episode but i didn't have a good place to interject it do you still have that question i do still have the question what's the question um well it it might be a little heavy but um there's one point in the episode where queen victoria is talking about you know missing her husband while they're sitting there at uh, at dinner and stuff um, and she kind of makes references to the afterlife. And I was going to ask if you believed in the afterlife or if you've had any paranormal experiences. Holy crap, that is heavy. Um, right? See, that's why I didn't find a good place to put it in. Wow. Um, oh, boy. Um, do I believe in the afterlife? Um, Whatever form that may take. That, that I'm not going to hold you to be like heaven, hell, or oh, whatever. Heaven, Just hell, whatever it may take. Thing. Some, some kind of... I, existence beyond this mortal plane. My my being right now is is hoping there is. I guess. Uh, okay. uh, I'm probably gonna say, oh man, I don't know. Wow, this is a heavy question. I would oh, like yeah. to. I would like to hope so. We'll go with that. Fair enough. And then do, but then if you take the paranormal part, um, I yeah, I I do. I think there's some okay. paranormal stuff going on out there. Have I had any paranormal experiences? No, I have had. I can't remember what they call it. It's the thing where you wake up. Uh, 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 oh, is it a waking nightmare? Like sleep paralysis? Yes, I have had. I have had that like maybe two times in my life, and that was very frightening. I do believe at one point uh, at one of them, I did see red eyes, Ooh. which was very frightening. So yeah. that. That just made my skin crawl, dude. I'm not joking. <laughs> so that, yes. So there you go. I guess I have, yeah. Uh, other okay. than that, no, nothing. No. You've had more than I have, and, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in, in there being weird stuff out there, and I just haven't experienced it. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Let's, let's, let's get to some lighter stuff, shall we? Let's get to the plugs, shall we? Let's plug. You can uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Uh, search the Podcastica. You can it. follow us on Twitter. Right? Yeah, you, you can. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Team Hate, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter. 
at Apex Buddha. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just search Podcastica. Look for the Gallifreyan writing and rate and review us as well. Huge shout out to the Y axes. They do our music. They also do some other music around the NOTLG. They are awesome. And you can buy their music at theyaxes.bandcamp.com. They're also on Spotify. So just play their albums on loop for like 40 hours and they'll get like $4. I don't know how Spotify works. <laughs> Head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our awesome Podcastica shirts. I can't find mine right now, so I might just buy uh-huh. another one. Why not? It's a great design. Yeah. Everyone should buy it. We have buttons, mugs, tote bags some other things i don't know there's a bunch of stuff go over there and check it out so that is it for us this week join us next time when we review the god complex and we will talk to you guys then see ya hello taylor oh well well can't hear me taylor cannot hear me this week's podcast is brought to you by comcast internet when you need internet that doesn't work most of the time, sign up with Xfinity Comcast. Yep, we got some internet.